Welcome back to the program. I'm Rabina Ahmed Huck, and this is On Point. Uh, we're going to do some international news here on the program. Uh, the U.S. government is going to hold trade talks with Taiwan in a sign to support uh, the island democracy that China claims as its own territory. And that's prompting Beijing to warn that it will take action uh, if necessary, to safeguard, it says in quotes, its sovereignty. The announcement of trade talks comes after Beijing fired missiles into the sea to intimidate Taiwan after U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi this month became the highest-ranking American official to visit the island in 25 years. Now, what does this all mean? Why should we care? Uh, and uh, we should care, but to put it into perspective, we're joined by Matthew Bondi. He's the Vice President of External Relations at Communitech Corporation. Hi, Matthew. Welcome to the program. Hi, Rabina. Thanks so much for having me. Your reaction, uh, Matthew, to uh, what uh, China is now uh, warning the U.S. of uh, today because of this visit uh, by Nancy Pelosi and these trade talks that are to be held with Taiwan. Well, thank you. You know, um, China is uh, kind of throwing a tantrum, um, and that's because they, they don't like the idea of Taiwan being an autonomous island democracy, as you put it in your intro. And so really, if you step back and you look at the, um, the pieces that have been moved on the board over the last couple of weeks, you have Speaker Pelosi going to Taiwan. There's precedent for high-ranking U.S. officials to visit Taiwan. Uh, that is consistent with the Taiwan Relations Act of 1979. You have an ongoing um, situation where the United States is providing uh, armed support to Taiwan to make sure that that island nation is able to defend itself from attack and protect its economy from uh, Chinese aggression. And, you know, the whole notion that uh, China is sovereign over Taiwan while there's some strategic ambiguity there in the text of the different uh, laws and agreements that have produced some stability over the last decade, it's, it's nonsense. The, uh, the Communist Party of China has never ruled on Taiwan. It is a refuge for free Chinese and Taiwanese following the Communist Revolution in China in 1949. These are a free people that have never been under communist rule. Mm-hmm. Why is Taiwan uh, so important to China and to the United States? Help us understand why Taiwan holds that position. Taiwan holds that very special position for a few reasons. To China, Taiwan represents unfinished business. Okay. China seeks reunification, uh, and I use air quotes there, with Taiwan as though there was ever a unification that could be reunified, which is false. So to China, it represents unfinished business from the 1949 Communist Revolution. And they believe in the People's Republic of China uh, government that uh, Taiwan's rightful place and inevitable place is under communist control. And that does not have to be the case. To the United States, I think it matters on a number of levels uh, to answer your question, Rubina. Number one, the United States uh, has always stood in fits and starts and imperfectly for freedom and democracy and the rule of law. And so um, throwing a small island democracy to the wolves is not something that the United States has, has typically been in favor of. Now, what we see, though, is we are, there's a contest of ideas and values between authoritarianism and democracy going on around the world. And democracy is not on the winning side at this moment. We look at the situation in Ukraine, where there is a, uh, a militant authoritarian 
nation uh, under President Putin uh, deciding to um, unlawfully invade a democratic neighbor that is not under the NATO security umbrella. And I think everyone around the world sees that happening. And so China is feeling more bullish toward Taiwan because they're asking themselves, well, if no one really stepped in in a meaningful way to stop Russia in Ukraine, who's really going to stop us on Taiwan? So currently, the United States has no diplomatic relations with uh, Taiwan. Um, can you explain why that is? And uh, what, what does the U.S. Uh, hope to gain from, uh, from building a stronger relationship with this island nation? That's a great question. So the United States does not have a formal diplomatic relationship with Taiwan. That ended in 1979 under the Carter administration uh, when the United States was trying to accommodate the rise of China. However, there are uh, significant diplomatic, um, what I call maybe connective tissue, soft tissue, between the United States and Taiwan. Uh, there is a, an American Institute in Taiwan, which is the de facto embassy. Um, there has been a, an insistence uh, by the United States, they will continue to have a relationship with Taiwan as, as, as the United States sees fit, which is why Speaker Pelosi felt perfectly entitled, as she should, uh, to visit Taiwan. So there is a relationship. It is just not formal. And that comes back to uh, China's insistence that when anyone engages with Taiwan, they do so under the principle of China's one China policy. And so there's, there's strategic ambiguity in that one China policy, but it basically means if you're going to engage with Taiwan, you may not do so if you are implying that Taiwan is an independent nation. Everybody, everyone has learned to live with the one China policy, but um, to suggest that it, it means no small d diplomatic relationship, um, you know, that's really not the case, thankfully, as Speaker Pelosi reasserted recently. And it's economically important as well, Taiwan. It's the ninth largest trading partner with the U.S. I was really surprised to read that. What does the geography of Taiwan, where it's actually located, uh, how does that factor into uh, the importance of this island nation? Absolutely. Well, it's a tough neighborhood, of course. <laughs> and and ta Taiwan is uh, an incredible success story, not unlike Israel. You know, uh, a small number of people in a very tough neighborhood doing some uh, marvelous things in the context of democracy and prosperity. And so you're right, uh, Taiwan plays a critical role in a range of areas, especially in the areas of microchips and microelectronics. And so part of the instability around uh, Taiwan is what's driving up um, inflation, frankly, uh, as well as scarcity of things like vehicles and other uh, advanced durables that we consume in North America and the Western world. And so it is very pivotal uh, that Taiwan remains baked into the international innovation value chain. But, you know, that is something that I think the world is waking up to. The fact that uh, we're not on very stable footing as it pertains to um, different value chains in different sectors. You look at what happened just in Canada, Rabina, um, when the pandemic hit. There's been a series of incidents that I think has made even a, a country like Canada start to wake up and actually take some important steps on national security. When we couldn't get masks shipped from Minnesota at the peak of the pandemic, that was a wake-up call about Canada's... And the vaccines as well. That's, I haven't forgotten about that, how difficult it was for us to procure vaccines right at the beginning when it felt like the entire world was able to get their hands on some. 
Well, you got it. That was a that was a traumatic experience for Canada. And then, you know, I think we got um, a really big wake up call around Canada's kind of growing irrelevance to international peace and security when the United States, the United Kingdom, um, and the uh, and Australia came together to form the AUKUS Pact uh, to share a nuclear submarine technology amongst the three powers. Canada Canada was not even told about the AUKUS Pact before it became public. And that left a lot of, of people really feeling uh, stinging in Ottawa. And to the government of Canada's credit, they're starting to make some really positive steps to signal to allies that we're back in the game. We have finally made the F-35 purchase. We have finally said that Huawei is not permitted to be part of the 5G network. There is increased defense spending. And, you know, where I think we need to go next, and this is what my organization, Unitech, in Waterloo Region is looking to do, is bring trusted Canadian technology forward for the purposes of national security so that Canada and our democratic friends and allies cannot be so reliant uh, on global value chains, but we can take a bigger share of that pie for Canadian innovators, making us more prosperous and safe at the same time. Matthew, thank you so much. These geopolitical stories, sometimes they're so big, sometimes it's hard to wrap our heads around why we should pay attention. And absolutely, we should pay attention because when things happen across the world, they do have uh, effects here in Canada. So I really appreciate you putting that all into perspective. What a pleasure. Thanks so much, Rubina. Thank you. That's Matthew Bondi. He's the Vice President of External Relations at Communitech Corporation, talking uh, about uh, some recent threats from China um, after the U.S. government said it will hold trade talks with Taiwan. Uh, they say it's in support of the island democracy. That's what China's claiming um, and doing a number of things, including firing missiles uh, into the sea to intimidate Taiwan. Interesting always to keep an eye on what's happening, not just here at home, but across the globe. Uh, this is On Point. We'll be right back.